A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Haley, happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Dan. Haley, you had a week. And I really want to talk about this because it was so interesting. It was a, a very unique experience. And unique I hate... Is the right word for it. Yeah, it is. I hate to yield the floor because normally I like to own the airwaves. But I'm going to let you... <laughs> I know. Thanks for not saying anything. I'm a talker. Yeah, it's I what let I that do. one go. Yeah. Anyway, you ran into some chicken issues. Explain that just a touch. <laughs> Oh, how do I even start? So my neighbor across the street has chickens, which is great. I normally love that they have chickens. It's very fun to watch them. I personally would like chickens, or I thought that I did, until they got out. And normally that's not such a big deal. I'm pretty good at wrangling them, you know, picking them up and putting them back in their yard. Right, not strangling not them. Strangling. I don't want emails <laughs> about how Haley's so brutal. <sighs> no, um... But this particular time, there was something they really wanted to get when they got out. Well, first they got chips, right? There were little kids at the school bus yeah, feeding them chips. Yeah, we live right at the end of a street where there's a middle school. And so they're walking down the street and, oh my gosh, there's chickens. They're all screaming, having a time, taking videos. The chickens, The oh children are taking yes, videos. The chickens, the chickens don't have phones. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually these kids start feeding them chips. And so that's when I go out and I'm yeah. like, okay, break it up. Oh, yeah. I've got to put them back. Yeah. You know, Haley's bringing the smack down. Put chips in the street for the chickens. I don't want to watch them cross the street. <laughs> and now they're motivated to get out because they've tasted salt and vinegar, which yeah. apparently for chickens yeah, is like, just the best. Yeah, they're all after they that. They were so excited. They all smelled like salt and vinegar chips. That was gross. <laughs> but once I cleaned up the chips to deter them, you know, yeah. maybe I'll take away the motivation. They found something else. And that was really so gross. Much worse. <laughs> What was it? It was a smush squirrel. A very smush squirrel. Yep. Just, you know, liquefied on the street. And, well, the parts that weren't liquefied, the chickens were snatching up and they were fighting over it, dragging tendons. Yeah, I've got a and, video. Oh. And Ooh. they're going after each other, you know, for the bigger piece. They're running around. It's a whole thing. They're having a time. Yeah. Haley, and now they're bloodthirsty. Right. And that's the thing. You scrape the dead squirrel up. Got the chickens wrangled again. one more time, and then they got out again, and you found now they'd found a dead bird. Yeah, I mean they, they're just after. I meat. would sleep they with have one eye the open. Hunger. Yeah, I'd sleep with one eye open if I were you, Haley. And have to get in those little red glasses. What the chicken glasses? You need chicken glasses? No, they need the chicken. What glasses. do chicken glasses do? Uh, you can't throw a curveball at me like that. Red tinted glasses you put over their beak, like so for tanning? all they can see is red, and it cancels out when they see blood, so they don't get so excited. Chickens need this? Yeah, because they will cannibalize each other. They have the blood hunger like that. Like that, it's serious, and it's creepy, and wow. I had to deal with it. I don't want chickens anymore. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to think about that for a long time. Yeah. The chickens with the hunger. It's not going to make me feel so bad about eating them. Because I'm just helping other yeah, people. I couldn't eat chicken that well, night. Well, probably not that <laughs> night. 
Anyway, I thought that was really fun and interesting. Now, coming up on the show, we've got to transition into important things. Yes. Uh, on the show today, we're going to be in the studio with Nick Sargent from Johnson Carpet One talking about luxury vinyl plank. We're also going to be talking with Brett Nelson from Good Earth Tree Care about pruning, trimming trees back, removing trees. Yeah. yeah, all kinds of stuff about that. But right now, we want to talk about a product that's on sale. It's a key product. It's a roller frame, but not just any roller frame. No, it's the Wooster 9-inch Sherlock roller cover frame, and it's brilliant. Right. So you're going to have to tell people very quickly why it's so brilliant. Okay, well, my favorite thing is that this roller cover frame allows the roller cover to lock into place. So it's not walking off the roller frame as you're painting. Some of the cheaper roller cover frames will do that, and you end up with a big mess. The next thing it does is it locks onto the Wooster extension poles. Super easy to take on and off throughout the job, so you can switch back and forth. The last thing I'll say about it is that it's going to apply the paint more evenly. And why is that? The roller cage itself is designed differently. It's a plastic frame, and the points of contact are more even. So it's going to apply that paint more smoothly. The whole thing just looks better. Right. That's the Wooster Sherlock 9-inch roller frame. It's on sale for $6.99 all this month. That's about $4 off the normal price. If you need a roller frame, check it out. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be in the studio with Brett Nelson from Good Earth Tree Care, talking about all things tree care related. Yeah, solving my problems. Exactly. That's just ahead. Stay tuned. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore, on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. And we're back, and Haley and I are in the studio with Brett Nelson from Good Earth Tree Care because Haley's got a number of tree issues that she wants to solve. See, you know, normally we solve Dan's problems on the show, but today... (laughs) You have come in and you've taken that over. You have started solving a lot of Haley problems and Dan's problems are being put on the back shelf. (laughs) Dan's not so cool with that. (laughs) Anyway, we're here with Brett Nelson. Brett, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, Good Earth Tree Care, why don't you introduce the company to our listeners who aren't familiar, you know, where you are, how long you've been around, all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, we've uh, we've been around since 2016. I actually uh, was a graphic designer hmm. in my earlier youth, and then um, I was a rock climber, and I was scouted out by a, a, a bigger tree company in town. Because you're good at climbing. Um, yeah. Funny. And I just, I was looking for a change of pace for a summer and uh, that summer turned into 10 years. So wow. um, I ended, my wife, after a, a year and a half, she just kind of said to me that she couldn't imagine me doing anything else. And hmm. I just loved being outside. I loved using my body. I loved the yeah. physicality of the, of the work. And, but then it was like, um, you know, it, it's easy to kind of get started with tree work, but um, the the further you dive into it, the uh, the more complex it gets, and it seems like there's always things to learn. Sure. Well, it's a lot to know. Well, I there mean... is, but rock climbing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you're gonna get stuck well, on that. I, well, I am because yeah. I'm always curious why, why, <laughs> and I've got my opportunity, and I'm not letting it go. Why climb why? rocks? Yes. Or? Why? You know, and the typical thing is because it's there. Why climb it? Because it's there. To feel what, alive. What was the Dan. thing? What what drew you to that? I I I don't. I think you know. There's there's the the thrill of of heights, 
Some people don't like heights. Other people are <laughs> kind of drawn to, yeah. you know. Um, it was a form of exercise that I, I liked at the time. I I'm, I hate, you know, running yeah. or, yeah. or, hate or, right or lifting weights feels kind of pointless to me. I'm not big so, on falling. <laughs> that's what I anticipate. <laughs> So where where did you do all of this? I, I was at the time I I, I was um, seen or scouted was I was at Inside Moves, which is in Byron Center off of Seventy Sixth okay. Street. It's an indoor rock climbing gym. All right. Did you do um, outdoor stuff on actual like? Yeah, I've I've mountains you know, and things. Yeah, I've climbed out outside on real rocks. My goodness, <laughs> my goodness. I just I, I think s- I could get into it. Oh man, yeah. I know I can't. I can't even watch movies about it. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes you me get, so like, nervous. Sweaty palms watching it. <laughs> yes, the, the sweaty palms. The sweaty everything, <laughs> Haley. I have to sit on a sponge because I'm just a mess. Rock climbing. So you got scouted and they said, "Hey, you should be doing this tree work. You got started." And you said as you dig into it, there's so many things, you know, and I guess what I want to get into now is just the work you do, you know, kind of cover some of the things that you'll help our listeners with when they've mm-hmm. got issues. I mean, are you just taking trees down? Are you trimming? Where does it start and stop? Yes. Um, so it, it it really depends on uh, what, what the objective is of the, the client or what their needs are, what their property's like. Sure. Uh, often it's a one-time visit, like if we're removing a hazardous tree, if they've got a tree that's defective in the wrong spot dead sure. these are these are trees that we generally remove if a tree needs pruning um, that, that's a service that we offer also most of our service is covered through pruning and removals um, we also address uh, plant health okay and that's that seems like it goes hand yeah, in hand it's a large conversation yeah, yeah. well i've got a bunch of oak trees. And I guess I'm curious, you know, I was just in the hammock when we had that super nice day and I was looking at all the branches and thinking, okay, how do I know (laughs) which one's going to come down at me? (laughs) Because there are some that look maybe unhealthy, like the bark is coming off a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, are there certain signs that you guys look for from the ground even that kind of help you assess, you know, what's healthy, what's not? Having done this since 2006, we can recognize branches that are unhealthy, defective, or dead, even sure. in the dormant season. Okay. There's a number of ways. One, one like you said, um, bark missing. That's yeah. an obvious sign. Sometimes there's fruiting bodies on the branch, like fungus growing. Oh, okay, um, sure. Even uh, I can see when buds are missing from the ends of the branch. Hmm. Also... Even in the wind, I can tell a, a live branch versus a dead branch. Dead branches are really rigid, so they kind of have like a shaky look yeah. to them in the wind, whereas like a live branch just kind of sways and bends and moves. And you can also kind of tell when a tree's on its way out. Um, it's just got a look about it. And sometimes I don't see it even from the ground, and I get in the tree, and I make mm. some cuts, and it smells funky. I can oh. sm- I can even smell like a tree that's um, starting to decline. Interesting. So like if I'm the climber and I'm pruning a tree during the dormant season, even um, if all those other signs are not there and I'm still unsure about a tree or a branch, um, you can take your pruning saw and kind of lightly scratch the surface of the branch and you can see that that thin cambium layer if it's green or if it's 
um, dead. Okay, so that all makes sense. I'm curious about the whole removal thing. What does that look like? Because I've got a tree. I feel bad. It's a nice tree. It's in good shape. It's in a terrible location. It's right next to the side of the house. It's a hickory, Hmm. which is Mm. nice, but I've got all these nuts on it. It makes the yard miserable to be on at certain times of year. I just don't know what to do with it. But I'm afraid of all the equipment on my yard. You know, how does this all work? What kind of stuff is required to take one of these big trees down? How much damage is there going to be? Predict the future for me, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you've got a situation like that, it's it's advisable to do your homework and find a reputable ar- arborist to come out and analyze the situation. Sometimes there's ways of um, solving some of your issues without removing the tree, um, whether that means pruning mm-hmm. or, well, I don't know. I would, I would have to look at it, but sometimes... A tree close to the house doesn't necessarily mean the demise of the tree. Like, okay. Um, so people often think that the tree is going to ruin their foundation, mm-hmm. which sometimes it does. But oh, Brad, tree- I've never even thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> really, You've I'm never a worrier. About that? Well, now mm. I'm going. I'm writing it right down right oh now. My gosh. May destroy foundation of home. <laughs> but I'm going to circle May. Yeah. Because you said that's not necessarily so. Not necessarily true. So tree tree Shoot. roots often get blamed for um, ruining foundations. But um, if a tree root is, they're searching for moisture, right? They're sure. searching for water and nutrients. If they hit a concrete wall, they're just going to turn the corner and go somewhere else. However, if there's a pre-existing crack in the foundation mm-hmm. it's and there's moisture in there, it's going to find its way in there and kind of be happy and then grow thicker and thicker and then okay. um, and, and then, then I, it gets blamed for the crack but right um, so if it's you've really like a, the chicken or the egg you know I think the water has to come first right yeah 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 that's a good way Either of way it. I gotta look into that but if I get somebody <laughs> <laughs> well this just got it's becoming your bigger. problem right yeah. so now yeah. you're happy yeah. you're gonna have to just sit down and be quiet Haley because I've got a bigger issue to solve than you're getting hit by branches falling while you're in your hammock well, I mean, it could hit the house, Dan. That's right. I guess. <laughs> so if you come out, you can look at it and assess the situation. But let's mm-hmm. say you get out there and say, you know what? The tree's got to come down. What does the equipment look like? I mean, what kind of damage happens to the yard? Mm-hmm. Am I going to know you've been there? Or is it just going to be a few, you know, chips from the, the, the chainsaw? Um, there's usually a couple ways of going about it. Um, whenever I look at a removal... I'm looking for the safest and quickest way to take it down. Sometimes that means we bring a crane in and lift it from the street or the driveway or the yard. Sometimes that means uh, we build a road of plywood on, on your yard and drive heavy equipment in and use a bucket truck to dismantle the tree. Okay. Sometimes there is no way to get equipment into the backyard and we have to do it what we call manually. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the way you um, traditionally would see older climbers on spikes and ropes and, mm-hmm. and we do all that. So you would ascend the tree using spikes. Is this your favorite way then? <laughs> yeah, it kind of <laughs> is. Yeah. yeah. It, it takes the most thought because you're using, you're actually using the existing tree to rig all the branches down. So you set a rigging point in the top of the tree, whether like a, a block or 
a pulley or something and yeah. then you just using experience and some geometry it's like a puzzle yeah you just you have to you kind of tie the limbs on and you just uh cut them off and lower them down to the ground and it's a process um so Sometimes we don't use any heavy machinery to to remove a tree. Okay. It all kind of depends on the situation. The situation. Mm-hmm. So I'll get somebody out there. If you come out and look at it, you'll kind of walk me through exactly what you think it will require. Mm-hmm. I can get my questions answered then. But the goal always <sighs> is the least amount of Damage. footprint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we like we want we want it to look like we were never there. That's always the goal. Yeah, that's good. What about the stump? What happens to the stump? What do I do with it? Do I have to carve a bear out of it? I've seen people do that. An eagle, what, you know, right. a mushroom, American flag, yes. whatever you want. Do you guys grind that out? Do you yes. blow it up? Yeah, we use a machine called a stump grinder, and it's it's, it's basically aptly named. Yeah, it's a big machine. Well, I mean, it's not that big a machine. It's a machine with a big wheel, and it's got kind of teeth on it, and you run it back and forth, and it grinds it about you know a foot below the grade. All right. Of the yard. Well, I've heard that you also can mulch trees or branches that you take down and leave that behind to use in the yard as well. Is yep. that true? Yep. We can leave you the all the, the wood chips. Um, that's, you know, we don't charge for that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Or so the see, wood. Now, if you get anything removed, Dan, I want those chips. You want the chips? I made the connection. I think I get a fee. You get some of the chips. <laughs> If they're I've hickory chips, garden. they're going to be expensive, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can afford hickory chips, right? Right. Right. Good for smoking. It's a yeah. Hardwood. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See. Okay. I, I mean, I ask this question all the time, and the people I ask this hate this question. So buckle up, Brett. It's just how it goes. How expensive does something like this run? Can you give us any kind of ballpark, or is it just. You never know what it's going to be. It could be millions or it could just be. I've never quoted a tree that's millions. <laughs> See there, right off the bat, a couple people are breathing sighs of relief. Sometimes it's hundreds, sometimes it's thousands. Okay. It's really tough to say without yep. looking at it. But most most companies don't charge for estimates, so it doesn't hurt to call an arborist and come out and look at it. Sure. Like I said, I, I, I base everything on time and man hours, so it's like a educated guess on how many hours, labor hours, I think it would take. Perfect. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, maybe get you out to the house, have you take a look at maybe a situation they've got going there, how's the best way for them to get in touch? You can find us at goodearthtreecare.com, or you can give us a call at 616-236-3246. Perfect. Brett Nelson from Good Earth Tree Care. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. All right, we've got to head into a news break, and when the weeping is over, we'll be back in the studio talking with Nick Sargent from Johnson Carpet One about luxury vinyl plank. That's all just ahead. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, we're in the studio with Nick Sargent from Johnson Carpet One. Nick? Hello. How are you? I'm good. All right. Well, we're happy to have you here. Yeah, he's a Thank regular you. now. Yeah, he just yeah. keeps coming back. <laughs> and that's good. That's good. That's It's fun, right? Yeah. yeah. Dan and Betsy, great time. Yeah. And now it's Haley. Well, I know. Haley. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You stopped my heart for a second. I thought, uh-oh. What's happening? Uh-oh. Your name's Haley, right? 
<laughs> I am so bad with names. I think I would have been surprised to find I was wrong. I mean, the E, I, the Un, well, there's everything similarities. Everything is very similar, yeah. and it has been yeah a little confusing. But yeah. I've gotten it right all this time. Okay. Nick, you just messed it up, but you messed it up for fun. So that counts, and that's good. I like it. Anyway, last couple times you've been on, we've talked about flooring for a home gym. Yes. We've yes. talked about trends in carpet. Yes. And right now, we want to talk about luxury vinyl planks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, and I'm going to be straight up honest. Okay. Haley doesn't like this material. <laughs> so it's up to you to try to sway her over. Yes, She's, sway me. Yeah. It, but it's luxury vinyl plank, Haley. That's the first thing you're missing out on. Luxury. All right? Yeah, everybody wants luxury. Nick? Yeah? Luxury vinyl plank. What's the deal? Why do we want it? Why is it so popular right now? Uh, just it's popular because it's where a majority of the manufacturers are putting their efforts into these days. Uh, you know, with wood and some other products, we're kind of limited on what we can do with coloring and things like that with the luxury vinyl plank, you know, they're individual pieces that snap together or click together. Um, and it's basically a picture on it so we can manipulate anything with the picture. Uh, it's very hard to do gray tones in hardwood. So Mm -hmm. doing them in, in our faux products or things like that, um, we are manipulating pictures so we can get a lot more options that way. Not everybody can afford wood and not wood can go everywhere. That um, is true. So there again, vinyl plank can go everywhere, can go below grade, above grade, wherever we want to go it without any repercussions. Uh, I do think that I would consider it for my basement. Okay. I'll put good that enough, out there. Good enough okay. for Haley's basement. <laughs> <laughs> if it's good enough for that, her basement, it's good enough for your main level. <laughs> Haley, no, but I have, I have hardwood floors. I'm lucky enough yes. to live in an old house that has the okay. original floors. And I don't, it just doesn't look the same to me, right? Well, I and com- so completely agree that's with where you. my drawback right. is and, and that's that's completely yeah. fair. If you're putting them side by side, that can be a little bit of a trick. Yeah, I mean, they've come a long way. And some of them look amazing. I mean, and it's hard to tell that they're not real wood. I mean, the, yeah. the visuals are great. Um, but you know, if you're used to that more narrow plank product, you know, that more traditional older home thing, we can't replicate that in, in vinyl plank, you know, but if we're talking about the newer hardwoods, which we're doing, which are average seven inch wider Mm -hmm. or wider, things like that, then yeah, those are very, very comparable in the looks and sometimes hard to tell each other. See, the thing I've loved about it is what you talked about earlier. I, I don't have the option right now to put hardwood in, in some of these areas where maybe I would like to, Mm -hmm. but I have installed some of this and the look is great. Yeah. The functionality is great. You know, I put it in a bathroom. Yes. And the one I put down was mm-hmm. waterproof, which mm-hmm. I know you've got, you know, there, there's limits, limits to, to yes. what that yeah. means, but yeah. it's water resistant <laughs> yes. way more than yes. than a hardwood or right. something yes. like yes. that. So, and it looks so great. And, yeah. and the price was great. Yes. So we can put it in full bathrooms, things with a full shower. Um, where hardwood can't go into a full bathroom. Right. I've seen it done, but really you shouldn't do it. Um, well, and I've got hardwoods in my kitchen and honestly the floor needs to come up. Yes. Um, so spilling on it and things like that, you know, you'd spill on it. All you do is you got to wipe it up. So, um, where woods, because they're a natural product can Mm -hmm. absorb moisture, 
too much moisture in them, you do have problems where we don't have that in vinyl plank products. So let's talk about a couple of the brands or the styles or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you really like. You Mm -hmm. see a lot going out of the store, Mm -hmm. something new that people should know about. Whatever you think fits into that. Give us some brands. So we we carry a a good selection of products. I I think we have one of the largest collections of vinyl planks in, in West Michigan. We have everything from the Cortec brand to the Dixie brand to Shaw products, to Mohawk products, to Mannington, um, Armstrong, Bruce, Stanton. We have a lot of the different brands in our showroom, and there's many more on top of that. So, like I said, most of the manufacturers cannot bring it out fast enough. So, um, <laughs> look-wise, we are going to cleaner looks because there, again, we're following what we're doing in hardwood trends. So, that sure. wider plank product, you know, seven, seven and a half, eight inches. Even we have some on, that are nine inches wide. Nine? Nine inches wide. Oh you know, gosh. by boards that are, you know, four or five, six feet, sometimes longer. Right. Um, the vinyl? The, the, the vinyl. The vinyl planks yeah. will come yeah. six feet or longer, some of them? Yeah. There are some on the market that do do that. Um, Cleaner looks overall. We're kind of moving away from that more rustic or barnwood or farmhouse Mm -hmm. look. We're going to cleaner white oak look visuals. Um, You know, so they're going to be lighter overall, not as definite. You're not going to see the marks everywhere or those black streaks that some of the older styles had and things like that. We finally figured out how to make those look more realistic. (laughs) How many patterns, I I don't know if you know this right off your head, but how many Mm. patterns do you receive in a box? You know, because you're going to get whatever, how many planks, how many (laughs) variations on that pattern are there? So that that directly correlates to the manufacturer and what they've decided, and then the price. So obviously, the more economical ones, the pattern might repeat more. When you go up in price, you know, the more expensive ones... One of the reasons they are more expensive is because you're not having that pattern repeat as much or they cut every board where they're not the same way. So they cut that picture on Hmm. that board not the same way. But that costs a little bit more on the manufacturing side, so it does increase the price. All right. That's good to know. I didn't realize that was even an option. Yeah, you know how I knew, Haley? (laughs) You know how How I knew how to ask that? Because I put this in my bathroom, as I said, and I did so many things right. Let me tell you how many things I did right. At least 12. <laughs> you know, there was one glaring thing I did wrong, and that was I didn't lay this pattern out and look at it oh. from yeah. a, an aesthetic point of view. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was literally focused on practical making these planks fit together and cutting yeah. around everything. And when it's all said and done, I noticed I put three of the planks that are identical right next to yeah. each other, <laughs> right in front of the tub. Oh. Good thing I can put a rug down Yeah, there. I was just going to say, maybe you've got a bath mat. It's fine. Oh, it's frustrating. So we're in the studio with Nick Sargent from yeah. Johnson Carpet One talking about luxury vinyl plank. Yes. Uh, I want to get to install stuff because okay. I think that's important. But before we do that, I guess maybe for my sake, for sure, maybe for other listeners out there, when we're talking about luxury vinyl planking, yes. how do we compare, contrast that with the old school laminate flooring? How is this the same? Is it different? So some respects are the same. Some respects are different. One, they're same because they install the same way. You're mm-hmm. clicked together products. But vinyl is a synthetic material all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's usually a pitcher, wear layer pitcher, synthetic core of some vinyl composite or and then an attached backing on it. Okay. Laminate floors, they're more wood-based. There you have wear layer, pitcher, some wood-based core of... 
composite sure. material. Some of them will have a, a backing on them, or we need a separate pad with those. All right. Are those still popular, or is that waning dramatically? With it the- is waning a little bit, just because more of the manufacturers are putting their effort into the vinyl planks. Um, and not into the laminates as much sure. anymore. Um, laminates have a little bit more limitations of where we can do them and what we can yeah. do with them. More susceptible to water stuff. Yes, yep. Um, they're starting to fix all that or, or make them better so they can withstand more moisture than, say, ones in the past. Um, but there again, you know, some of our vinyl plank products we can do in unheated spaces. You can do them in mm-hmm. a cottage if you're shut down in the winter. You have a seat three season room. Some of them can go in some of those spaces where our laminate floors cannot. All right. One more quick question before we get to the a, a quick yes. look at the install thing. But how does it feel underfoot and sound? I would think, Haley, that's an important part yeah, to you. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Wood floors have a certain feel. I mean, they're the real yeah. deal. And I know laminates, they're really well known for being clicky. Yes. Not quite clicky. like I'm clicky. <laughs> <laughs> I just have few friends. It's not right, clicky. It's not really a click. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> but they had a sound and a feel. And I yes. know vinyl is a little better. It is a little better. But essentially, it is a synthetic material on the floor. Mm-hmm. So it's never going to feel quite like wood. All right. Um, they are getting the wear layers better, so they are more textured, more feel, and look more like wood. Sure. Um, but still, there there's some difference there. All right. All right. So in the last little bit that we've got, probably a minute yeah. and a half or so, just give a quick overview. Is this something, I know this is something yes. that can be DIY'd. Yes, it can. Not a, not a complicated thing. Don't need a lot of specialty tools. No, no. It's it's quite easy. All you need is a, a scorching blade and, and a tape measure and, you know, a couple other small things. Yeah. So pretty basic. Can yes. be installed ourselves. You yes. guys can install them. If you do install them yourselves, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tips and oh, tricks. Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to recommend you lay it out a little bit and <laughs> yes. look at that pattern first. Yes. And you pull from multiple boxes at once. Oh. I had a small space. Yes. I didn't have as many boxes to pull from. Yeah. I'm going to blame that. Not my, sure. my ineptitude. <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you if you want to do it yourself, you know, we do have the Johnson Discount Outlet, which is right down the street from us. And I believe we have over 40 different SKUs of vinyl planks these days with more coming in all the time. Oh, all right. Wow. So lots of discount options if I'm yes. going to do it myself. Yes. All right. And, and you can put it anywhere. It's really popular right now. Yes. Yeah, I won't put it on the ceiling, but I mean, you can you can do it in most <laughs> other spaces. Pretty much anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. So if you decide it's no longer carpet in the bathroom time, this might be an option <laughs> yes. for you, right? Yes. Nick, if they've got questions, head out to Johnson Carpet One. You guys are located where again? Uh, Downtown Granville, corner of Chicago Drive and Wilson. All right. You've got great hours. Check them out on the website. Yes. Nick Sargent from Johnson Carpet One. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Now, all right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to stay on the flooring topic and talk about hardwood floors and refinishing them. That's all just ahead. Stick around. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Haley, we're talking about floors. We just talked about luxury vinyl plank in the last segment. We're just going to end the show on floors, right? A lot of our listeners end the show laying on the floor, probably, right? Beating their fists, <laughs> wondering uh, why it's got to end. I'm just why wondering this... when or where you're going. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't you picture everybody just laying there, pounding the floor, wondering why the show had to end? 
and wondering how they're going to get through another week until next Saturday. I thought maybe you were going the other direction. Oh, just why did like... it have to start? <laughs> <laughs> Either way, whatever. We know we're evoking a response, right? I hope so. In some regards. So yeah. let's talk about floors. Let's get away from what I started with and move to what I want to talk about. And it's hardwood floors this time. Talked about luxury vinyl plank. Great solution for a lot of situations. But a lot of us have hardwood floors in varying conditions. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a question from a listener, Chris Feenstra, who's wondering about what the best polyurethane is to use when refinishing a hardwood floor. And it's a think really it's good question. Great question. However, really, like any project, the prep before you start applying that polyurethane is really the most important part. Well, and the project is so fun, or at least... <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's It can be fun. The results are fun. Yes. But it's so valuable. It that is we extremely want... valuable. So we want to talk about the whole project and not just dish out what polyurethane to use. We will answer that question by the end, I promise. You just got to stick around. Just got to stick around and hang out. So anyway... Hardwood floors. Like we said, some of us got them, a lot of us have them, and they can be in varying conditions. Sometimes they just need to be revived. Right. Sometimes they need to be completely refinished. Yeah, like if the wood is not in great shape anymore or there's stain that is not looking great, right. you need to really right. do some work. Those need to be sanded all the way down, new stain applied, and new polyurethane put on. If it needs to be just revived, that's the way simpler way to go. And basically what those floors look like are ones where the color is good, the condition of the wood is relatively good, and you're probably just looking at scratched or dulled finish. Yeah, I think, you know, in the living room that I've got right now, I have hardwood floors, and I don't know the last time they were finished. The surface is kind of dulled, and I feel like every time I clean, it's like I see what they could be, right? When it gets a little bit wet, it's like, oh, wow, there's some real character that comes out now, some real color that comes out. But yeah, then immediately you realize how dull they really are. So yours need to be revived in that room at yes, least. Yes, in now that room. you've got room. another room where they would have to be restored, right? Yeah, the bedroom on the main floor has carpet down. And if I pull that up a little bit, I can see you know, a dark stain that's on there. It's not in good shape. And at that point, I would have to take it all the way down to the wood again. All right. So let's talk about those two different things, reviving, the easier of the two. And again, this is for floors that are in good shape and they really just need a new coat of polyurethane. If that's your situation, the steps are really pretty straightforward. And we'd recommend that you start by just cleaning the floor. You know, use a good degreaser like Spray 9 or Challenger, maybe a Scotch-Brite pad to scrub the floor. And then you want to make sure you rinse it with a rag and clean water. Just don't use a ton of water. You're not introducing a bunch into the right. space. Right. You're not going to be pouring buckets of water on the floor, or you're going to be moving <laughs> swiftly to the refinishing stages, yeah, right? Yeah, that so sounds So this fun. is just reviving. So yeah, just a damp rag will be fine. Once you've got that all done and they've dried, you really just need to sample your top coat, what you plan to use as the top coat, and we're going to answer what that should be at the end, but you would want to probably go to a closet or a corner, somewhere out of the way, inconspicuous. Put a sample down, let it dry at least 24 hours, and then you do a tape test. Right. So you're going to put a piece of tape down on the floor, you know, make sure it's really stuck on there, and then peel it up. If the top coat comes with the tape at all, that means that you need to readdress the situation. It could be, you know, something in that layer of top coat that was on there previously that's causing some kind of um, adhesion issue, but come out and see us because we'll want to walk you through that. Yeah, we got to figure out why it's not sticking. You need it to stick down, but if you pull the tape back and the new 
sample that you put down stays stuck. Good to Everything go. looks great. You're good to go. At that point, then, you really just need to sand the floors. Ideally, we'd recommend a 220 grit sandpaper. And I've had success putting that on a drywall sander attachment. And then oh, I put sure. a pole, an extension pole on that, and I just work it over the floor like a mop. Yeah, it's like a little swiffer. Right. Now, sometimes the boards are more cupped, and that doesn't work as well. So you'll have to get, you know a little creative and yeah. problem solve that and figure it out. But you need to just get the floor sanded. Do a nice scuff sanding and then wipe them down again with a damp rag to get all that sanding dust off and then you would apply your polyurethane. Now, okay, that's reviving an old floor. Now, if you've got to refinish the floor, it's more work, but it's still worth doing and here's roughly what you're looking at. First, you've got to sand it down to bare wood. Yeah, that's the big part of the project and I think it's the part that scares people away because we have the idea that we've got to get a big sander in the room now a big drum sander and those can be really difficult to work with i've heard i've never used one because i don't want to (laughs) i have used one it's like having a team of horses take off in one direction and you're there trying to control it and some people are very good at it they're used to it and i was not one of those people it was a new rental for me i gouged the floor because i wasn't moving at a an even pace yeah that's what happens with those right it it was a pain and i got the floor done but it was not a fun process and i wouldn't want to jump into doing it again now we have a better option unfortunately it's still a big machine you mentioned that in the sure. beginning. It's yeah. still it's that. It's still big, but it's easy. Way easy. It's called the on-floor machine, and we've talked about it in the past multiple times, and usually in terms of using it on your deck. Yeah. And it works great for that, and we'll talk about that in the upcoming weeks as we head into deck season. But it also will work to take a hardwood floor down to bare wood. And the beautiful thing about it, without explaining all the reasons why, the beautiful thing is that you can control this machine with two fingers. Exactly. I mean, you could really just let it sit in one spot and it's not going to gouge the wood. Right. So it's perfect for any DIYer. Right. That's the on-floor machine. You can get more info at any RepcoLite. Just stop in, any Port City Paints. Or if you want to reach out directly to the guy that they're going to put you in touch with anyway, you can email Peter O at RepcoLite.com and he will walk you through the whole rental process. Or you can go online to RepcoLite.com and chat with him using the chat function. Peter's there almost all the time, ready to respond. He'll walk you through the whole rental process, what that looks like. And yeah, it's a great way to go. The machine rents with a vacuum, and that makes this whole process super simple and dust-free. So that's the on-floor machine, a great way to go. You would get the floor sanded, then you'd have to stain it. We'd polyurethane it at that point. Once the stain is dried for 24 hours, we'd recommend three to four coats of poly, depending on the polyurethane you choose. Exactly. And that's what we've got to get to in this last little bit that we've got. The polyurethanes, because that was the initial question. Right. And we'd recommend Replicate's Mira Poly or the Mira Clear. The Mira Poly is an oil-based polyurethane, super easy to work with, and it stays wet for a fairly long time, making it easy to apply. Right. The Mira Clear is a waterborne, cleans up with soap and water. It's as durable as the oil. It doesn't build as quickly, though. So you're going to need to apply an extra coat of that. And it does dry a little faster, and that can make application just a touch trickier. Still a great way to go. Both of those will work great. And really, to figure out what's best for you and your situation, just stop out at any Repcolator Port City Paints, and we'll walk you through it. The whole project needs a lot more explaining than we can do in the little bit that we had. We were just trying to kind of pique your interest, let you know there's solutions out there. Yeah. 
and We're get giving you, going. you an overview. Right. Get you moving in the right direction. If you do want to tackle a project like this, head to any Repcolator Port City Paints. Let us know and we'll walk you through it. All right, Haley, that's all the time we've got. We're going to wrap it up. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. And whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repco Light and Port City Paint Stores are open until 3, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.